everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Chad Giddens. Listen, we've got a great podcast today. Today, we're talking about redefining forgiveness. Listen, we hear a lot about forgiveness, uh, mainly the forgiveness of our sins from God. But I wonder if we ever take a a minute to, to really stop and think about how forgiveness works. What's going on there? What example did God set for us and how can we walk in that? You know, we've all been hurt in our lives, hurt by others. Some of those things stayed with us. Some, Some things were simple. Some things were very tragic, very deep hurts, very difficult on the inside. And we've also done things we regret. And sometimes when we're walking in unforgiveness, we can be walking in unforgiveness towards someone else. Or towards ourselves, you know, for our own poor behavior or bad choices, past relationships, lifestyles, habits, things that were said to us, things that were done. So many things bring in unforgiveness. And we read in the Bible, we, we read in the Bible about the concept of forgiveness, but do we really understand it? Understand the magnitude of it? And I think. Especially in my own life, I know as I was as I was studying this and work on this, I saw I, I used to have to fight unforgiveness to to forgive people for things that it, that had gone wrong. Or all unforgiveness begins with sin. If sin wasn't here, unforgiveness wouldn't be a part of anything. There'd be nothing to forgive. So when sin happened in my life, either from myself, I had done something that I just wasn't willing to let go or and let myself be blessed of God, let, let myself uh, have a joyful life because of things I had done, and uh, which is really shame in, in walking out on forgiveness or things others had done to me. I wasn't letting that go. It was really controlling my life. I struggled with how to see forgiveness and especially, especially how to walk it out. And of course, if you're trying to live a good life and unforgiveness is in your life, now you're just shaming yourself because you're like, you're the worst Christian ever because you can't forgive. And anyway, I want to take some time and look at forgiveness. And I want to start here. Where did the idea of forgiveness originate? Where did it all start? Which we know it originated with God. What example did he set for us? And what can we learn from that? And listen, stick with me because you may think, well, Chad, I I think I understand forgiveness. No, stay with me. Just stay with me a minute. Over Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 7, I'm going to read this to you. And it says, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Man, you could just study that for a while. Verse 4, just as, here we go, he chose us in him. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Listen to this. According to the pleasure of his will. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which, here it is, he made us accepted in the beloved. And here's verse 7, last verse I want to read. In him. Or through him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches, listen to this, of his grace. So I, I want to point out a couple of things. This, this is where we're going to start. I, I, this shows us so much about what forgiveness really is and how it works. Listen to this. He chose us. Okay, it says he chose us. 
before the foundations of the world. That means you weren't even there when this happened. Before you had ever sinned, God had decided to establish forgiveness for you. It says he chose us. Not we agreed together. We came to some accord. We worked things out. He, on his own, chose us. Here's here's another one from verse 5. According to the pleasure of his will, from his own heart, he brought forth this thing, this redemption through his blood, this forgiveness of sins, according to his grace. He brought it, it says, from the pleasure of his will. It was a joy for God to set this thing in motion. It says, listen, here before the world has even begun, here before I've said, let there be light, I already understand the way this is going to go, and I'm not going to allow it to change what I love. I love these people, and I am going to do great for them and from my own heart before they've ever even sinned against me. I'm not, I'm not going to change the plan of creation. I'm going to love them no matter what. And from the foundations of the world, listen to this. You entered this world, and God has loved you from the moment you were born. And nothing you can do can change it because before you had even sinned, before sin had ever happened, before anyone had ever even conceived it, before Satan had fallen, from before the foundations of the world were laid, God, from the pleasure of his own will, chose to say, these are my loved people. It didn't say someone held a gun to God's hand and said, you better love these folk. He chose us from the pleasure of his will, predestined us for good things. This is what the word of God says. So here's the principle. Here's where I want to start this off with forgiveness. Okay. When we look at this, we see that we have sin in our lives, but God loves us. We, 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 we know that God will forgive us of our sins. So what does that mean? Why doesn't God look at us and say, since you've sinned, you are no good. I'm not going to bless you. I'm not going to love you. I'm just going to leave you on your own. Why doesn't he do that? You say, Chad, because he loves us. Yes, but I want to bring something out here. God never considers sin and a person the same thing. If you can be cleansed of your sin, then your sin must not define who you are. If you were chosen from the foundations of the world, God right then defined that you are precious to him. If Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, then here is the root of forgiveness. You are loved because God wants you in his life. You are not loved because you're perfect. And when we begin to look at forgiveness, we have to see that a person is not what they do. We have to look at people as the way God sees them. And it may sound kind of elementary, but think about it. You're upset with someone because they did something wrong to you. Maybe you're upset with yourself because of some things you've been doing that you've been hiding, some things in your life that you've never told. Maybe you can't let go of what you did in your past. Maybe you lost your virginity. Maybe you stole something. Maybe you had an abortion. I don't know what it was. And you feel like only in the inside, you won't forgive yourself. 
And, and, and when we walk in unforgiveness, whether it's towards ourselves or towards others, this is what we're saying. You don't deserve God's good. I don't want to see you blessed. I don't want to see you smiling. I don't want to see you laughing. I don't want to see you get a pay raise. I don't believe when good happens to you that it's good. You don't deserve it. In fact, if I see good coming towards someone that I'm in unforgiveness, it bothers me. It makes me angry. That's unforgiveness. But God doesn't see you that way. See, God never mixes sin and people. They're two different things. See, when you get dirt on you, you can wash that dirt away. Why? Because it's not who you are. You know what you can't wash away? Your skin color. You can't wash away your height. You can't wash away your eye color. Why? Because that's in your DNA. That's the way you were made. It doesn't wash off with a rag and soap. But you know what does? Anything that sticks to the outside. See, sin sticks to us. It taints our skin. It taints our lives. It taints our minds. But it does not change the way God sees you. The first thing you need to understand if you're going to look at forgiveness right is God never looks at a person and says they are worthy because of their actions. He says they're worthy because I love them. He chose you. And when we walk in forgiveness, we have to make a choice to forgive. Okay, And we can't say, once they've proven themselves that they change, okay, once I'll reestablish some trust with them in if they prove out to be okay, I'll forgive them. No, 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 no. Forgiveness precedes reestablishing trust, not the other way around. Okay? Forgiveness is a thing of the heart. When it says that God, from the foundations of the world, he chose you. Who was there with him helping him with that decision? No one. The pleasure says in verse 5, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5, it was the pleasure of his will, his determination. Verse 6, he made us accepted in him. Verse 7, it was his grace. It was through him that we have forgiveness of sins. You see, this decision to forgive was something he made by himself. And in so doing, he set the example for what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is something that begins in your heart. Okay? You see, I, I want to introduce to you here a second principle in, in this podcast. Listen to this. Listen, you need to understand this. You need to hear this because this applies to way more than just forgiveness. Okay? What goes on in your heart is not between you and the world. It's between you and God. If the condition of your heart cannot be correct, that means if you can't align your heart with the word of God, if the condition of your heart cannot be correct unless something in the world changes, you're not operating in faith. Listen, unforgiveness is in the heart. And from your own heart, forgiveness comes. And it's a choice you make. Just like God set the example, he said, from my own self, from the pleasure of my own, the pleasure of my own will, not the, not I was forced, from the pleasure of my own will, 
I will establish and pour out my grace upon these people, knowing full well what they're going to do, knowing full well the effects of sin, knowing full well the harm and the things that they're going to do. I am declaring this. I will love them. And so we are loved. We can get so easily trapped in sins, sins that we've committed or sins that we've committed, I mean, sins that we've committed or sins that have been committed against us. We can take that sin into our, into our heart. And there's the problem. It's in our heart. You know, it, 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 it's, it's growing in me. It's doing something in me. It's working in me. And we've heard, if you've been around church a while, you probably heard the, 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 the saying, that uh, you know, unforgiveness or, or holding someone's sin against them is like drinking poison. Is like you drinking poison yourself and expecting the other person to die, or lighting yourself on fire and expecting the other person to burn. It. Those are those are these Christian cliches. But listen to this: what's going on in your heart is not harming anyone else. It's not bringing them down. If I see someone on TV from across the world do something I don't like, and I'm like, man, I hate that. I don't like that person. They did something. Well, they don't know who I am. They're a continent away. How is what's going on in my heart going to change them? Now, you can try to take what's in your heart and affect somebody by mistreating them, which is unforgiveness that has grown and produced great fruit on the outside of your life. That's what that is. It's malice towards another individual. That's sin, but that sin is in your heart. And forgiveness begins in your own heart. Forgiveness does not begin when you and someone you're upset about come to an agreement. That is not forgiveness. That's not where it begins. And that's not what's necessary for forgiveness to happen. Forgiveness is a decision you make, and that's how God did it. He showed us. He showed us how this works. He set the example. And the example he set is so far above, so wider, so bigger, so deeper than anything we'll ever have to do. Not only did he set the example, not only did he write the rule book, he lived it out to such a high level that none of us are ever going to be close to that. He didn't just say it, he did it. From the pleasure of his own will. Listen, Listen to this statement. There's an author named uh, Stephen Covey, and he wrote this. It's not what happens to us, but our response to what happens to us that hurts us. What happens to us is not what hurts us. It's how we respond to it. Because when you respond, that's when you plant the seed in your heart. See, nothing that happens in your mind is fruitless. If I am tempted to do something and I accept that temptation, it bears a fruit in my life. But you know what? If I reject that temptation, that bears a fruit too. That bears a godly fruit. That bears a good fruit. Where are you at in your life? I know I've already said some things about forgiveness being your decision. Forgiveness being active in your heart. Forgiveness is between you and God, not between you and another person. It's just between you and God. What's going on in your heart right now? If you're experience, if you're getting mad, if you're getting frustrated, if you're if you're getting condemned, that's the enemy at work. He's trying to steal that word from you. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. We all have things that go on that we have unforgiveness about, and we have to deal with it. And sin that uh, that sin 
traps us, especially, well, I was going to say, especially when it's our own sin, but no, it, 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 either sin, sin against us or sins that we commit. Either way, unforgiveness traps us. Let, let me move forward here. Over in Matthew chapter 5, this, this, this I, I mean, uh, I'm, just let me read this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. This is Jesus talking. He says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, verse 40, 44, but I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. First of all, there is right there a model of how forgiveness works. Love and pray. Love and pray. Love and pray. Verse 45 that you do this, when, I'm sorry, let me start over at verse 44 again. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, verse 45, that you may be shown to be children of your Father in heaven. You see, God said, look, it, it, I want you, when your enemy comes against you, don't take that sin into your life. Don't let it grow. Don't let it corrupt you. Don't let it bondage you up. Don't let it bind you up. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to love your enemy. And I want you to do good. I want you to pray good. Pray for those who persecute you. Now, let me keep going. Now, listen. Verse 45, that you may be shown as to be children of your Father in heaven. Listen, listen. This is how God sees all of us. He causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends righteous. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, God has never stopped caring for people who do wrong. He's never stopped wanting them to have good. When you sinned in your life, when you mistreated others, when you did wrong, he never stopped loving you. He never stopped caring for you. He never stopped wanting you to be blessed. He never stopped wanting you to be free from sin. He never stopped wanting you to have the best life ever. Think about that. Never once has his love for you changed because of anything you've done. It has been a complete love. Nothing missing from it. Everything on the table, full on love, no matter what in your life. And this is the key to understanding forgiveness. Forgiveness is not letting go of someone's sin. Forgiveness is refusing to look at someone and act towards them because of sin that's in their life. It's a refusal to do that. Listen, sin traps people. Sin is an enemy. It comes from your enemy. And if sin had not have entered this world, you would not have been wronged and you would not have done wrong. You would not be living in shame and in unforgiveness of yourself. You wouldn't have a need to unforgive others. Do not judge others because there is an enemy. God said, I know there's an enemy coming, but I will not change how I feel. These people are precious to me. From, the, from my own heart, from the counsel of my own will, the pleasure of my own will, I will forgive them. 
I will, this is what he said, refuse to change my love for them because of what they do. God never connected people in sin and said that's the only way to see them is by their sin. He says, no matter what the sin, I see them by my love. When you walk in unforgiveness, you have chosen to stop looking at a person as precious and beautiful and valuable and worthy of the best that God has to offer. You said because of their actions, they do not deserve my kindness. They don't deserve my smiles. They don't deserve blessings. They don't deserve good. And we say that about ourselves. We have a hard time even asking God for things he's promised us because of sin in our lives, because we don't forgive ourselves. We hold our own sin against ourselves. Unforgiveness is robbing you of God's best for you. Whether you're walking in unforgiveness towards yourself or towards someone else, it's stealing from you. See, that principle of sin and people are two different things. They are not the same thing. You cannot look at a person and say, because they've done, that's who they are. No, that's the work of sin. If you look over in Romans chapter 7, and, and at the end of chapter 7, and I've mentioned this, this section of Scripture on the podcast a lot, the Apostle Paul, or the Spirit of God is really revealing to the Apostle Paul, the, the Spirit of God is showing us things that are happening. And the Apostle Paul there is saying, listen, the very thing I want to do, I don't do. And the very thing I say I'm not going to do, I do. And, and the thing I intend or I love, I end up not doing. And the thing I hate, I do. And he said, I found this law at work that whenever I go to do good, sin is there to trip me up. Listen, sin traps people and it brings them into wrong. Sin trapped you and brought you into wrong. And unforgiveness binds that sin to your own soul and destroys you with it, not someone else. Unforgiveness is not you refusing to let go of sin. It's when you refuse to look past it and see that someone is valuable to God. But listen, Ephesians 6, chapter 12 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Your fight is not with the other person. It's with sin. When you fight against another human being, you are not fighting the right fight. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You wrestle against sin. When someone has wronged you, rebuke the sin in their life. Pray that their eyes will be open. Pray that God's grace will work in their life. Work on their behalf to set them free. Isn't that what you need when you're in sin? Don't you hate it when you do wrong? Shame is, uh, uh, the, the shame we bring on ourselves is hard enough to deal with, much less the shame of everyone else who sees our sin and condemns us for it. Man, because I've dealt with pornography in my life and some other things, when I see people who sin and their sin becomes public, man, I don't run from them. I run to them. I run to them. If we were acquaintances, man, I'm trying to make myself their best friend because so many people turn their back on those who have sinned. 
The enemy took them, and the enemy tempted them. And like all of us, they accepted the temptation. Don't act like you haven't accepted temptation. You're hating on somebody else for the very thing you've done. You gave in to temptation. You even did it when you were in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a temptation that you yielded to. God didn't bring unforgiveness to you. It was the enemy. You yielded to it. And in that, you just you judge someone else. But see, as we read up there in Matthew, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I want to talk to you about what do we start doing when we get into unforgiveness, okay? Oh, oh, oh no, no, let me, let me not get there. Let me, let me do this. I want to redefine unforgiveness for you. We redefined forgiveness. I want to redefine unforgiveness, okay? I want you to hear this definition of unforgiveness. You need to hear this definition of unforgiveness. If you're holding your own sins against you, I want you to know what's going on in your heart. If you're holding the sins of other people against them, I want you to know what's going on in your heart. Here's what unforgiveness is. Unforgiveness is the destruction of your own heart and mind by focusing on sin rather than God's precious love for someone else. Unforgiveness is the destruction of your own spirituality. In fact, when you leave unforgiveness in place, you begin to regress spiritually, uh, unmature, if that's even a word, probably not. You begin to walk back spiritually. The longer it's there, the more ground you're going to have to make up. You begin to lose spiritual sensitivity. You lose it. You begin to think. You begin to act. How how would I say it? Your spirituality becomes an act of your reason and your logic, but not an act of the impulses of the Holy Spirit in you. You begin to reason what's right and wrong scripturally, what's right and wrong spiritually, but you're not actually being led by the Spirit. Why? Because unforgiveness has gripped your soul. Any form of sin that grips your heart, that's what it does to you. Unforgiveness is one of those. It's the destruction of your own spirituality and your own peace of mind by focusing on a person's sin rather than God's love for them. When you refuse to honor those that God loves, that's unforgiveness, including when you're not forgiving yourself. Okay? And just in case, forgiveness is, let me, let me say it this way. Forgiveness is a genuine personal desire to see God's manifested will. God's will be manifested in a person's life no matter what they've done. You know, forgiveness is not an act. It's a way you live. It's a lifestyle. You see, God looks at you right now. And no matter what you've done, he has not stopped forgiving you. You're completely clean as far as he's concerned. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are totally righteous as if you have never sinned. And no matter what goes on, you remain that way before God. As long as you have faith in what Jesus has done. See, your righteousness is a faith, not by works. You can't earn it. So you live before God. From his perspective, you live in a constant state of perfection. Because no matter what you do, he refuses to look at you as any other thing but the precious and loved one that he always wanted. And when we choose to walk that way towards others... We live perpetually in a state of forgiveness for other people. 
See, forgiveness is a lifestyle. And, and listen, I, I, I'm going to be a little transparent here on this. There was a time in my life I didn't understand that. And you may say, Chad, I don't get that. But listen, just 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 go with me here. I'm going to jump around in my notes, as I often do. I'll write down so much stuff, and then I end up just talking out of my heart and trying to find some of the points I made in my notes. <laughs> there was a time in my life when I, I, I had some unforgiveness about this and that and other things. And, and and I'm and I'm like you know I, I forgive them in Jesus name and I'm not really getting it and it's not really working and, and and when I think about that situation I get mad and angry and then I stew over it listen listen in my imagination for a few days imagining how I the event sh- it should have gone or the situation or what I could have said so that I would have come out on top and they would have felt so bad and they would have honored me come on don't act like don't act like. You ain't done it, okay? Rehearsing everything that's going on and how it should have all gone right. You know, when you start having those evil imagination, I'm going to call them evil, you always come out on top. That's how you know it's pride because you're never imagining yourself being humbled and below somebody and getting no credit for good. Hmm. Yeah, that one's for free, guys. That one's for free. So listen, I'm walking around, I'm having these issues in my life, I'm having this unforgiveness, and this is what I had to start doing. I had to start saying this, oh, man, let me tell I just, it was so hard for me to do this. It just really was hard. I had to do it with tears. Because it, it just, it burned my, it burned my heart. I was just, I was just mad, just mad that the Holy Spirit told me I had to start doing this. Taking those people in my life that hurt me and start praying over them. But I can't just pray over them like, God bless them, God do good. No, 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 that wasn't it. I had to start saying things like, God, they're so precious to you. God, this person is so valuable to me, to you. I love you so much and you love them. I wonder what I can do for them. God, they're so beautiful in your sight. God, every time you think about this person, you smile. And I'm telling you, as those words kept coming out of my heart, they're grating against my heart. And you say, Chad, how can you be following the will of God and it's grating against your heart? Because I got wrong seeds in my heart. That's exactly, I'm sitting there uprooting sin. I'm uprooting it. And it's not pleasant. Man, it's yanking some junk out of my heart. And then after I get done praying it, this enemy swoops in. That wasn't real. That says, you're just faking it. You're being emotional. So now I have to start arguing with the enemy. And I'm walking down the hallway going, absolutely not. I said I've forgiven them in the name of Jesus. They're forgiven. You know, forgiveness, you have to walk that out by faith. You can't believe your emotions when it comes to forgiveness. You pray and say, God, I have forgiven them. And you better move on. And you better rebuke your emotions when they try to make you think that your forgiveness wasn't real. Listen, don't let your emotions dictate to you what you have done. Don't let them dictate to you the will of God. Don't let them take over your life. They're trying to put unforgiveness back in your heart. Don't do that. But I would have to begin to pray. Precious, and I begin to look at that person's life and I say, oh, look, they're married. I'm going to begin to speak great things into their marriage. Oh, look, they're having kids. I'm going to begin to, I'm gonna begin to, to speak great things about that. And Chad, who me, I, I, I've done wrong. I've lived with secret sin in my life. 
and I don't, I, I get over into God and I'm starting to have this wonderful moment and two minutes into these wonderful times of worship and prayer, I'm like, and God, forgive me, I've treated you so wrong and blah, and I'm just, ugh. And it's like, no matter what, every time I get into the presence of God, everything I've done wrong is flooding back on top of me. So you know what I had to do? I had to start praying that same prayer for me. God, I'm so precious to you. God, every time you think about you, me, you smile. Father, from the foundation of the world, you laid forth good and precious promises. It says that you blessed us with every spiritual blessing that heaven had to offer. And you gave that to me. You sent your only son to die for me. And I am clean. I've done wrong, but I am clean. Let me tell you, it was hard to do. And then it was kind of neutral. But then it began to start bringing something up into me. As I began to walk that forgiveness out for myself, forgiving myself, man, I tell you, boldness began to come and confidence began to come. And every time the enemy tried to swoop in with some kind of foolish thought, I was like, no, I was never perfect. God died for me anyway. Now that blessing is mine in Jesus' name. I am going to be healed. I am going to walk in strength. I am going to have blessings. I do have favor. And God is going to give me wisdom in that situation. I don't care what I've done. Jesus Christ took that sin. I'm free from it. And I'm free to receive that blessing. I'm telling you, boldness began to come out because love drove out that shame. I had unlocked my heart from unforgiveness. Now, those people that I used to just grit my teeth when I thought about those situations, I began to pray precious things. And God, you love them. They're beautiful to you. I began to pray for those who had persecuted me. I began to love my enemy. And here's what happened. Unforgiveness is the destruction of your own spirituality by looking at people's sin instead of the way God loves you. Uh, is this, this is not a word, but I begin to undestruct. <laughs> I begin to rebuild. I begin to rebuild myself spiritually because you know what? Forgiveness is a genuine personal desire to see God's goodness poured out on a person because he loves them, not because of what they've done. I begin to walk. Listen, listen. I began to walk in a state of forgiveness so that everywhere I walked around and I saw imperfections in people, maybe they didn't even sin against me, but I saw imperfections, judgments begin to fall off of my life. And let me tell you something. When you begin to walk through life not judging folk, honey, you're free. You're free to be a witness. You're free to pray over them with power. You're free to reach out in faith and grab something for them they can't grab themselves. You're free to operate in the grace of God. When you're ready to, when you're at a place where you see every soul around you as so valuable that you're not going to judge them anymore, you're free. You're free. Why? Because unforgiveness destroys your own spirituality, not theirs. You got out of a lifestyle of unforgiveness and moved on in to forgiveness. Why? How? Because you begin to love. You begin to walk out the example that was laid forth before the foundations of the world, which is all through the Bible. I just picked one you know, section of scripture, Ephesians chapter one, but it's all through the Bible. You begin to walk that out from your own will, from the pleasure of your own will, from the from your own heart, you begin to choose to love no matter what. 
and just like your father, you, you became just like your father. Just like it said in Matthew, you, you do that because you show that you are his children. Now, listen, since he set that example, you know you don't actually get to choose any other way. Okay? That is the truth. And anything God does is truth. You understand? Whatever he says is truth. Accepting it brings life. Rejecting it brings death. That's it. That's it. Right now, some of you may be trapped in some unforgiveness. And listen, I understand some deep unforgiveness. I have had some serious hurts in my life. Okay? I'm not talking about somebody, you know, stole my my, my iPhone charging cable for like the third time and I had to, you know, go to a conference to get free from pain. I mean, I've had some serious stuff in my life. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you stuff that I hope is true if you can understand the word. I'm telling you what God did in me. In fact, for me, I walked this all out and then he showed me what it was later. I just had to, to walk it out. I was kind of clueless. But, you know, God helps us through those. But listen, you may be dealing with some unforgiveness right now. What are you dealing with? The destruction of your own spirit and peace of mind. And it's happening because you are looking at a person by their sin. God never sees a person as a sinner. He sees them as a person who has some sin on them, and he has forgiven that sin and washed it away completely. Let me rephrase it. That's not a correct statement. He doesn't see it as a person with sin on him. He just sees them as clean. Anyone who has faith in Jesus Christ is clean. And if you know someone in your life, especially if they're a Christian, but even if they're not, God loves them. And unforgiveness will remain in your heart until you make the choice in your own heart to love them. Remember, what's going on in your heart is between you and God, not between you and the rest of the world. Forgiveness is not you coming to a truce with someone who has done you wrong. Forgiveness is a choice you make that becomes a lifestyle you live in so that sin never grabs a hold of your own heart. Listen, I want you to know that forgiveness is is essential. I, I, I mean, I think you know that, but listen, listen to me. This is essential for your life. You can not grow spiritually and mature with unforgiveness in your heart. It'll bind you. It'll bind you. In the parable of the sower, it says that the sower sowed this and that, but the sower sowed, and we know from the parable, if you've studied it, if you don't look it up, the parable of the sower, he sowed the word of God, and it said it fell on good soil. But the cares of this world rose up and choked off that seed. So many people who have a heart for God who are desperate to see God move in the lives of other people, to see God's blessings pour out on the kingdom. They're not saying, God, give me 17 jet skis. They're saying, God, give me 17 grand so I can sow it into missions so I can pay off debt at churches so I can do this. I'm looking to help. I'm looking to bless. I'm looking to do for others. But because of unforgiveness, the fruit that they rightfully have sown in their heart is being choked off. Listen, when you have a problem that's controlling your life, you are unaware of all the good you're missing out on. Unforgiveness is one of those things. It's time to let that go. 
Now, I have a friend of mine. I'm not going to say too much because uh, he may listen to this podcast. But he had a difficult situation in his life, and he had talked to me about it. And, and there were some relationships that he just, I mean, he just would not communicate with some people uh, in his family, and, and that was it. I mean, that was just just this this just the way it was going. It was just bad. And if he did communicate or he talked about him, it was very poor language. We'll just leave it at that. I said, "Listen, man. Here's here's what I want you to do." And God gave me this wisdom. Okay, this isn't Chad's wisdom. God gave me this wisdom. I said, I want you to pray for him. And he's like, you know, blankety blank, no. And I'm like, here's just do this. Just take 20 seconds, 20 seconds a day. And if all you can muster is God, don't kill him. Start there. Just start there. Now, that person was being real. They didn't want that in their life, and they wanted their life to change. Okay? They came looking for an answer. So that's key. Some people are, in unforg- are walking in unforgiveness because they refuse to let someone's sins go. They want to see someone punished for the wrong that was done to them. Listen, that's dangerous ground. Very dangerous. When your heart has turned to malice, you are maliciously wanting other things to happen to happen against someone so that they would experience pain. The enemy's grabbed your heart. You got to deal with that. But listen, back to my story. I think it was 30 days. It may have been just a little over. That 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 friend of mine called me or texted me. I can't remember. Said, "Look, I'm sitting down to dinner with him, and we had a great dinner. 30 days, 30 days, 30 days to begin to pray." Now again, this person wanted to change. They wanted to change, and they begin to take some time with a simple prayer that was just ugly, just ugly prayer. Just you know what I'm saying. You pray this prayer in public, people are like, you ain't even saved. But that's, that's the best they had to offer. And then begin to use it. 30 days, situation changed. Listen, if you'll get into beginning to speak what God says about other people and about yourself, you're going to see your heart change. Why? Because the Word of God is going to produce life. The Word of God produces fruit. The Word of God produces change. And it's going to work in your life. But you can't do this on your own. You need to let the Holy Spirit work in you. And here's how that's going to work. You say, God, I've got some unforgiveness I need to deal with. He's going to show you something to do. He may say, listen, I want you to start praying over them every day and pray that God will bless them and their car will get paid off. He may say, I want you to begin to pray for them. He may say, maybe it's some way you can affect their life secretly in a good way, not in a bad way. Maybe you can, you, you can help them or you can bless them or help open a door for them that they need open that you really don't want to see him walk through. But whatever it is, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you something you can actually do, okay? He's not going to speak to you this so far out of the realm of what you can even think or imagine to do right now with where you're at with this unforgiveness. He's not going to do it. He's going to give you something you can do. You need to begin to do it. And as you do, it's going to begin to uproot and loosen the unforgiveness, listen, that's destroying your own life. That's destroying your own life. And soon, listen to me, you will find yourself, if you'll walk this out, you'll find yourself being a ministry to bring them back into the the kingdom of God, to bring them back into the perfect will of God, to bring them out of the destruction that sin has got on their life. If you'll begin to look at yourself, because I had to do this with myself 
because of my own past and say, Chad, you're precious to God. Don't you believe those lies? Chad, God loves you. Don't you let that destroy your walk. Don't you ever walk into your your your, your prayer closet or your time of prayer, Chad, Chad, and think, I don't I can't pray. Yes, you can. Don't you let the enemy steal it from you, Chad. You're precious to God. And he wants to hear from you right now. As I begin to do that, I set myself free from the sin that was causing me shame. Unforgiveness is powerful. And you need to let the Holy Spirit help you work it out. But you have to deal with this. You have to. If you let this drag on, it's going to start to affect your physical health. It's already affecting your mental health, and it is choking off your spirit. You may not see it, but it's happening. You're going to have to deal with this. God set the example. Stop looking at people by what they've done and stop, start looking at them by how much he loves them. Speak out how he feels about them. Speak out the words in the Bible where he talks about loving others and not bringing condemnation and setting them free and he sees them clean. Begin to speak those scriptures over wherever your unforgiveness is focused on others or on yourself and you're going to begin to see that freedom. You're going to begin to experience that freedom. And listen, when, when, because it's going to happen, the enemy tries to come against you. Here's something you can do. I found it to be a great aid in 800 different areas of my life, but in this one. And I'm going to kind of close with this. Take some time to just worship God. Just begin to love on God. Maybe you got to play your favorite worship song. Maybe you can just worship God on your own. But begin, And I don't mean just I'm going to take 10 minutes and worship God and then I'm going to pray for free. I mean, take some time. Not just today, for the next three weeks. Some extra time just to put on some worship music that you love and just sing to God or lift your hands to God or sit quietly before God and just say, "Uh, you love me, Father. You love me. You love them. I love you. Your love is in me. Begin to move. Begin to try. Begin to speak. Begin to develop the language of love. You're going to need that language every day of your life. And you can't minister to anyone you don't love. Okay? We talked about redefining forgiveness. That was the title of the podcast. And I hope, I, I, I hope it got redefined for you. Forgiveness is walking in. It's a lifestyle of a genuine personal desire to see God's precious and prosperous will manifested in someone's life no matter what they've done. That's forgiveness. And don't forget its opposite, unforgiveness. Destroying your own spirituality, destroying your own peace of mind by refusing to look at people uh, only by the sin they've committed instead of by how much God loves them. God loves you. Every time you sin, he still says, I love you. Take that and begin to build your life. Begin to set your own life free. Whatever's going on in your heart is between you and God, not between you and the rest of the world. You don't need the world to change. You don't need someone else to stop sinning so you can be okay. No, you don't need it. This is between you and God, you and the Holy Spirit, and God is going to empower you to do it. 
Guys, I hope the podcast was a blessing to you today. I, I, I hope I didn't jump around too much. Like I said, sometimes I got all these notes and then I get to talk and I'm like, oh, where, you know, why did I even write these notes? I'm only saying like a tenth of it. But listen, let the Holy Spirit help you. And if you need help, if you're really struggling with unforgiveness of yourself or someone else, go find someone you trust. Go find a mature Christian you trust. I don't know. Oh, let me just say this before we before I exit the podcast. I know so many mature Christians that when you come and you tell them you're struggling with unforgiveness, they just jump on your side and they they help you hate the other person. That is not a mature Christian. That's a punk. But anyway, listen. God loves you. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. If it's a blessing to you, share it with somebody. Post it on your Facebook page. Help get it out there. Help other people get free. And we'll talk to you again. Oh, 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 oh,